are live. Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen. This is the NAI Ball Podcast, Season 7, Episode 5. I am your host, Tyler Norris. And I am your co-host, Taylor Thomas. Taylor, here we are, Episode 5 already. Pretty crazy. We're moving right along here. Getting into the heart of the season pretty soon. We had a lot of interesting games and results over the weekend. Might as well, I guess we'll just get right into it here, looking at our weekend review, going over the games that we had highlighted in episode four. Let's go ahead and run back through those. The first one that I want to start with, and this was one that I had highlighted, um, I thought this was a big series of the week contender as well, was number four, William Carey, going up against receiving votes, Middle Georgia State. Taylor, Middle Georgia State did win this one two games to one. And if this was to be big series of the week last week, I was going to pick middle Georgia state in this one. And yeah, like you said, you would have been correct on that one. A bit of a surprise as middle Georgia state now with the, uh, the series win uh, with an eight and seven record on the year, but has still played some very tough competition to start off much like William and Carrie, obviously like we had seen um, going up against Mobab and Campbellsville to start the year, as well as uh, George Burnett there a few weeks back and, and starting off Southern States play here, middle Georgia uh, with a huge, huge surprise, a team that's receiving vote, votes in the um, preseason top 25 poll and taking this series two games to one against the number four team in the country. I mean, that sets you up for a lot of success as, as we get uh, going here into conference. Really good performance out of the Knights there. They, uh, so the, the game's results went as follows. Game one went to William Carey, 17 to nine. Game two and game three both went to Middle Georgia State by scores of 25 to 13. And then the finale in game three was six to five. When with game three, Taylor, I will say the key moment in that one was the Brennan Williams walk off to give that night team the series victory. Another notable performance I would love to highlight here. Jacob Pierce went off this weekend for the Knights. He went five for 11 with four home runs which included a grand slam. He had three home runs alone in game two. His performance this weekend against the top five team in the country was phenomenal to say the least. And he was really the backbone of that entire offense. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, putting up a 25 spot there in game two, that's, that's super, super impressive. And and then game three, you know, was, was a one run ball game and kind of the deciding factor there. And it really was a great competition all throughout. Um, as both those first two games are kind of blowouts, and then you get that very tight game three there to decide it. But yeah, Jacob Pierce, I mean, that's that's an incredible few weeks, and he had it alone in just a three-game set here in the weekend. I mean, three home runs, 11 RBIs, uh, that's going to win you a lot of baseball games. And this night offense, put, like I said, put up 25 runs against a, a World Series team from the year before. Like It's, it's only going to continue uh, success and give this team momentum as they move on into Southern State's play. Moving on down the list here, we are heading down to Alexandria, Louisiana, where LSU Shreveport coming in at number five in the nation goes up against LSU Alexandria. I know LSUS did get a little bit of a scare in game one there, getting run rule 10 to eight, but the pilots would ultimately come back to win this series two games to one. Yeah, a huge response there from the pilots dropping that game one in run rule fashion uh, to their uh, conference rival. Uh, Got to give credit to Sloan Graves from from LSU Alexandria uh, going all eight innings in that. Isaac Rohde, too, uh, standout performance for, for Shreveport there. Kind of got away from him as they got later on into the bullpen. I believe he went six and two-thirds with with three or four runs. Um, still pitched very well and gave them a chance to win the ball game. But uh, huge shout-out goes to the Generals there in game one. And then, of course, games two and three tightly contested. Uh, both Shreveport taking game two, four to one, and game three, six to five in the decider. 
Uh, Josh Gibson stood out yet again, a person that we saw at the Cajun, um, the RBI single that ended up being the decider there late. Uh, Draven Ziegler and Josh Fortenberry, uh, two names that are synonymous with with pilot baseball. Uh, Ziegler had a great start, Fortenberry out of the pen like he has been his whole career. Uh, great series overall to uh, continue Red River Conference play, two conference rivals going at it, and the Pilots take a, a much-needed victory. You know, this is a series that I definitely did not have marked down as one, two. That would necessarily be a close contest. I think going into this, I had Shreveport with relative ease in this one. So to see LSUA come out and run rule the pilots in game one, that was insane to see. But the response from LSU Shreveport in day two for games two and three was amazing to watch. And I can only imagine what Neff had to say to those guys to get them back in line and get them ready to go and not lay down and ultimately lose the series to a conference opponent. Taylor, we're heading down to Missouri here for the show me showdown. We did have a few games highlighted. Obviously, there were more games played than what we had highlighted, but the ones we had and wanted to discuss, I'll start it off here with number 13, Mid-American Nazarene going up against receiving votes Columbia. No surprise here with the starting pitching performance from Mid-American Nazarene. Zach Trevino dominated once again like he's done all year so far. MNU would win that game 6-1. to one. Trevino's final line for that game, seven innings pitched, four hits, one run, three Ks, a little bit lower end on the strikeout side this time around, but Trevino has been a name to watch out for in that pioneer rotation. Yeah, absolutely. He's done in his whole career. The the all-time wins leader in, in program history and in counting now just racking up the wins and racking up quality starts. I feel like every time we see this guy's line, he's going at least five, six innings. Um, if you're throwing the nine-inning game, going about eight. Uh, he's going to go deep into ball games. He's super, super efficient. And he gives this uh, Mid-American Nazarene team a chance to win every every time out. I mean, they've gone to back-to-back World Series uh, because of him and on the arm of him. And that's only going to continue as the season progresses. little Missouri showdown here as we had number 10 Missouri Baptist going up against number 22 Central Methodist. Central Methodist would take this game 10-2. to And got to say, folks, not surprised by this standout performance from None other than Carlos Negron, once again, four for four, home run, and three RBIs in this one, Taylor. Yeah, Negron is someone we saw hit three homers in one day at the uh, at the Cajun collision there. And quite honestly, Tyler, he's, he's uh, vying for a player of the year early on. Uh, I mean, nine home runs, second in the nation, 23 RBIs, hitting 525 on the year before steals, too, can really do it all. Plays very good outfield there for the Eagles. And Negron, I mean, he's he's going off, man. I mean, four for four yet again. I feel like every time we look up, he's he's sending a ball over that green monster there in Fayette. Uh, he's really impressed, and he's been a very key cog in the Eagles' offense to start the season. Absolutely. And, you know, if we're talking about way, way, way too early predictions for player of the year, I think Carlos Negron definitely has to be up there, maybe followed by only Trey Fury from Jessup at this point. Both guys have been showing out this year, but way, way too early predictions for player of the year. Carlos Negron definitely has to be on that list. Taylor, another game we had listed here, number 13, Mid-American Naz going up against number 10, Missouri Baptist. Missouri Baptist would rebound from that loss to Central Methodist and take this one nine to six. Yeah, MoBap is a team that we've gotten to see up close and and going up against even more tough competition here um, in Fayette, going up against a really good Mid-American Nazarene team. Um, Anthony Green has been huge for them coming back 
Um, they're a little early seasons uh, start as he's kind of worked his way up and progressed as the weeks have gone on. But I mean, he's, he's up to 97 now, uh, six punch outs and two and two thirds, only one hit against a really good mid-am lineup. Uh, Mo Bapp, too, on the offensive side. I mean, we saw what they did pitching-wise. They just roll out arms uh, nonstop. But, but Cole Robinson's been a huge bat for them there. Uh, he homered yet again. And, and the Spartans are really looking like a top-10 team here as they take down mid-am. Absolutely. And, you know, Taylor, a team that was also looking to rebound and respond this week at the Show Me Showdown was Oklahoma City, and it looks like they did just that. Yeah, going 2-1, and one, coming into uh... – coming into the show me showdown on a six game losing streak and going up against some really tough competition. Um, but the stars rebounded, like you had said, Chad Pike uh, was key for them both on the mound and at shortstop. Uh, he homered uh, there against central Methodist in the win, ended up picking up his fifth save tied for tied for second nationally. I believe now uh, Reese Ratchford is uh, someone I got to see start against Oklahoma Wesleyan the day in the midweek victory. He also homered against Oklahoma Wesleyan, even in their loss to playing Missouri Baptist. I believe that was a 4-3 loss. A really good performance and a really great rebound performance by the Stars as as they continue on into their tough schedule this week and on into Sooner Athletic Conference play. That will do it from the Show Me Showdown. Moving on, heading down to Arizona for this one as Ottawa, Arizona taking on receiving votes, Arizona Christian. Ottawa, Arizona, Taylor Wood win this series two games to one with the results as follows. Game one, nine to six, Arizona Christian. Game two, 20 to nine, Ottawa, Arizona. And game three, the decider goes four to two in favor of Ottawa, Arizona. Yeah, another impressive performance uh, by this team here, like we had seen uh, much in, uh, from opening weekend and on now as they, they roll into it, taking down Arizona Christian in a big series. Uh, that's huge for them as they continue to roll on. Evan Massey's been a really big arm for them. Uh, Daniel DeRozzo, uh, with the two RBI single in game three that ended up being the decider there in the series, as the, like you said, just an offensive onslaught there in game two. Even that game one loss uh, was only a three-run loss late from Arizona Christian. Uh, two good ball clubs going out of out west, and Ottawa, Arizona continues to impress. I, I really wouldn't be surprised to see them in the top 25 uh, poll here in a few weeks. I definitely know that they just made the jump into our media poll top 25. I definitely think they are a team that will at the very least be a receiving vote squad in this upcoming poll from the NAI. Staying on the West Coast, Taylor, we had number 11, Hope International, going up against receiving votes, the Masters. Hope International did almost sweep this series, taking games one and two by scores of 16 to three and seven to four, but ultimately dropping game three by a score of 14 to three. Yeah, another great series out on the West Coast, Hope International. And the Masters, two programs that have uh, been at the top of the contenders um, on that side of the country. Uh, Josh Landry was was lights out in game two at seven innings pitch, 10 strikeouts, only three hits against a really, really good lineup there in, in the Masters. Uh, even game three, you got to tip your hat there. I mean, just to kind of respond mentally uh, from dropping that huge game one and then game two, uh, knowing you can't win the series, but needing to salvage a game. Um, it's big time from from both programs there. Uh, Alec Arnone with a three homer game in game one hit a solo shot, a two run shot and a three run shot only a grand slam away from the home run cycle there as hope international ported on with those 16 runs, a uh, really big performance by the Royals and love to con continue to see what kind of play they bring as the season goes on. Definitely a step in the right direction for hope. I'm still waiting for them to kind of hit their stride, so to speak. And I think once they do that, they are going to be not only a contender, but a team that not many teams are going to want to be on the field against. Moving on, Taylor, correct me if I'm wrong, but 
Loyola was the last remaining undefeated team in the NAI with a record of nine and zero. I could be wrong, so correct me if I am wrong. But at least for the sake of this series, this was a very big series. Point coming in at nine and three, going up against an undefeated nine and zero Loyola Wolfpack team. This one was very surprising. Taylor Point takes two games from Loyola, handing Loyola their first two losses on the year. Point wins games one and two by scores of seven to five and six to two. They almost got the sweep over Loyola, but Loyola edges them in game three by a score of 12 to 11. Yeah, a huge series uh, for the for the Seahawks there out of Georgia. Uh, Loyola, like we had said, coming in undefeated and really looked like a top 15 team at, at the very least coming in. And this is a huge series victory by point. Uh, like you had said, only one run away from the suite, a wild game three. You got to uh, give credit to the Wolfpack there um, as they responded and salvaged that game. You know, Coach Kennedy's going to still keep them on the right track after this and kind of right the ship, if you will. Um, Loyal is still going to be a really, really good team, uh, a team that we're going to have ranked again in the media poll. But but this is a huge series victory for point, no doubt. You cannot overlook it. Cameron Seward. Uh, seven innings pitch, four hits, one run, and nine strikeouts there in the game two victory. Silence and a really good Loyola offense. So once again, huge credit goes to the Seahawks there. Yeah, big shout out to Point coming in against a red hot Loyola team who has looked great to start the year. We saw them in the cage and they looked phenomenal. So big shout out to that Point squad of being able to you know hand them their first two losses on the year. And Taylor, that brings us to our big series of the week recap. Unfortunately, this did not end the way we at all hoped it would. We only got two games. We didn't get three. So we have a series tie as both of these teams split. Game three was canceled due to weather. Unfortunately, because I think, Taylor, game three would have been fireworks the way these two teams were going at it. Very tightly contested in both games. We have Pikeville and Bryan splitting the series one and one. Game one went to Bryan four to three. And then game two went to Pikeville 11 to 10. So like I had said, both very close games. You could tell these two teams were very evenly matched, very competitive games. And speaking of game one, Taylor, we mentioned this when we announced this for the big series of the week that we were hoping that these two pitchers would get matched up against each other. And we did get just that in game one as Cameron Harvey and Riley Polino went head to head. Yeah, an outstanding uh, pitching performance on both sides, like we had mentioned, uh, from two really, really good offenses uh, to kind of silence the bats there. A four to three ball game. Cameron Harvey, of course, uh, seven innings pitched, seven Ks. And then Paulino, like you had said, uh, seven and a third with five Ks. Two arms that that came in with great numbers, and, and they impressed uh, yet again with with bats like Darwin Gregg and, and Bryson Lofton and Austin Gurney for Pikeville, Noah Helton. I mean, these are re- two really, really good offenses, and two really, really good arms that kind of silenced it throughout. Uh, Got to give credit to Brian there. Danny Marquez with the pinch hit RBI single. I'm um, in the top of the ninth to give Brian the lead and, and ultimately that game one victory. Um, but a really great overall series. I really wish to, like you had said, uh, that weather did not get in the way because game three would have been electric, just like games one and two. Absolutely. And, you know, huge shout out to Bryson Lofton. Obviously, game two did not go Brian's way, but Bryson Lofton went five for five in that game. So just another outstanding offensive performance out of him. And then it really looks like that the deciding factor in that Pikeville win in game two was the home runs from Noah Helton and Austin Gurney. But very tightly contested games. I really wish we could have got a game three out of this one. But unfortunately, big series of the week will end in a tie, which, Taylor, this also does mean that our picks are null and void, do not count. 
But don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, we have something to fix that later on in this episode. So be sure to stay tuned in all the way through here as we do have a little NAI ball competition going down. More on that later. Taylor, something I would love to touch on, we have not done this yet, but I think it's important given, you know, the time of year we're in, you know, we're not fully midway into the season. We're not towards the end of the season. We're like right in that little gray area where teams who haven't started playing are finally starting to get their games in. So we would like to go over the stat leaders, both individual and team stat leaders across the NAI. I think we are going to start with individual performances followed by team performances. So kicking things off, we are going to start with the long ball. The NAIA stat leaders for home runs go as follows. We have two players tied for first in home runs, both with 10. Trey Fury from Jessup and Braxton Turner from Tennessee Westland, both leading tied for first in the NAIA for home runs with 10. Coming in, we have two players tied for second. Carlos Negron, we mentioned him earlier, from Central Methodist, and Trent Curley from Oklahoma City, both at nine. Tied at three, we have two players as well tied for third. Jaden Quinn out of Concordia, Nebraska, and Jacob Pierce from Middle Georgia State with eight. Taylor, would you like to go ahead and run down for the people the individual batting average leaders? Yeah, as we had mentioned, uh, Jaden Quinn uh, out of Concordia, Nebraska, a, a huge week for him, leading the nation in average with a 583. Uh, tied, we have two guys tied for second, a name that's going to be on this list again as we uh, roll into RBIs. But, but Trey Ferry from Jessup, uh, he's tied for second with Riley Mitchell from Evangel, both with 558 averages on the season. At number four, we have Ryan Wheeler out of Huntington with a 556 average. And then rounding out the top five, we have Logan Heilick from Concordia and Arbor uh, hitting 552 on the season. It is just absolutely crazy to think about that the top five hitters are all hitting well over 500 creeping up around 600 and i mean granted we are not that far into the season just yet but to have numbers like that across the board for top five is just nuts uh moving on to our rbi leaders we've mentioned them twice already but coming in at number one with 28 rbis trey fury out of jessup coming in at second with 27 rbis is josh logan out of oklahoma wesleyan Coming in at number three with 26 RBIs on the year is Carlos Jaquez from University of the Southwest down there in Hobbs, New Mexico. We have quite a few players tied for fourth here, all with 25 RBIs. They are as follows. Ryan Matheson from the Masters, Mason White from Indiana University Southeast, and Pico Townsend from Blue Mountain Christian. Now we are going to be heading to the pitchers, Taylor, our strikeout leaders, our big dogs across the NAI. I think... You know, I probably speak for a lot of people here when I am not surprised by who is leading the nation in strikeouts with 49. It is none other than Darian Smith from Southeastern. He has 49 strikeouts in 30 innings pitched. Coming in at number two is Cohen Achen from Lindsey Wilson College with 41 strikeouts across 21 and two-thirds innings pitched. We have two players tied at third, both with 39 strikeouts on the year. Tyler Clayton from Georgia Gwinnett and Hunter Magnuson from Valley City State University. And coming in at number four is David Lira from Sterling College with 38. Taylor, I'll let you handle the ERA leaders, but we would like to note that this is the ERA leaders with a minimum of 14 innings pitched. And coming in at number one, we have a tie between two guys still having not given up an earned run on the year of Dietrich Jertsen from Missouri Valley and Michael Joyce 
um, from University of Northwestern Ohio. Um, coming in at the third spot here, we have Garrick Tenenberg from Oakland City, a .43 ERA in 21 innings pitched. Coming in at the fourth spot, we have Alex Galvez out of Reinhardt, uh, a top 25 team in the country with a .59 ERA across 15 and a third innings pitch and rounding out the top five, a guy we got to see up close down in Louisiana, Trevor Baker out of Georgetown, a .86 ERA and only 21 innings pitched on the season. And we did have to put a minimum threshold on these leaders because there are quite a number of relief pitchers with one, two, three innings with a ZRERA, but we really had to put that minimum 14-inning threshold on those stat leaders, Taylor, and that's going to round out the individual stats that we did want to talk about, which is going to move us to team stats. And I would first like to touch on the average leaders across the nation. So coming in at number one with a 391 team batting average, Concordia, Nebraska, coming in at number two with a 384 team batting average, Grandview, number three with a 377 team average, Cumberland's Kentucky. Coming in at number four with a 370 team average, Blue Mountain Christian. And rounding out our top five with a 368 batting average is Faulkner. And getting into the team ERA here, uh, we do have a threshold of at least 14 games played on this one as well. Um, But the team ERA leader in the country is Oakland City with a 2.62 ERA. Uh, Coming in at the number two spot, we have the Georgia Gwinnett Grizzlies with a 292 team ERA. Coming in at number three, we have a tie between two Blue Bloods here in the NAI, the LSU Shreveport Pilots and the Southeastern Fire, both the 304 team ERA. And then at the number four spot, we have Weber International, another Sun Conference team, uh, coming in with a 318 team ERA on the season. And Taylor, that brings us to our last team stat that we would like to look at, and that is the team home run leaders. So kicking it off at number one with 44 home runs as a team, it is Jessup. Followed by, I can't say I'm surprised by this squad, coming in at number two. They are known for driving the long ball. Kansas Wesleyan at number two with 33. Coming in at number three, it is the Bulldogs at Tennessee Wesleyan with 32 home runs as a team. At number four, a bit of a surprise here. Have, not on a team we've mentioned too much. Montreat with 31 home runs as a team. And coming in at number five is Cumberland's Kentucky with 30 home runs, which I will note, is only across 12 games, so that is phenomenal. Look down, look for them to continue climbing that ladder. And a couple other notable teams we did want to mention for um, home runs as a team. Concordia, Nebraska has hit 21 home runs as a team in only 11 games. And this, this last team we would like to talk about, this is insane. Grandview has hit 26 home runs in only seven games, Taylor. Yeah, that's that's absurd. The ball definitely flies out in the Midwest there in Nebraska and Iowa. Because uh, 26 and, and 7 is is just stupid, honestly. I mean, uh, got to be a tough day for a pitcher if you're going up against those two lineups. Of course, Concordia, Nebraska, we we know with with Joey Gabranski and Jaden Quinn, obviously names go on and on and on. But yeah, that that is impressive early on to start the season. Absolutely. And we would like to note that we will be checking in on individual and team stats throughout the year whether it be every episode or every other episode has yet to be decided, but we will do our best to keep you updated with the individual and team stat leaders across the NAI. And speaking of stats, Taylor, this is going to bring us to our shout outs and mentions. We have quite a few and I'm going to start this off because I thought this team had a phenomenal performance this weekend against a well-known squad, not only well-known, but historically offensive production squad, Tabor Blue Jays, they scored 70 runs 
with 59 hits and hit nine home runs in a weekend sweep of a receiving votes McPherson squad. Big shout out to the Blue Jays down in Hillsboro, Kansas for taking out that McPherson squad weekend sweep three games. Yeah, 70 in, in three games is absurd. I mean, that's that's about as, as impressive as it gets. I mean, I mean, another impressive uh, stat we have and shout out we have is is head coach Adrian Dinkle of the Southeastern Fire collected his 600th career victory um, over the weekend against Sagu down there in, in Florida. A really impressive performance by the Fire. And I mean, what's new? Adrian Dinkle with another milestone. Big shout out to Coach Dinkle down there in Southeastern, one of the best coaches in the NAI, hands down. And Taylor, we're going to be starting off here with some pitchers. I will note we have a lot of shout outs and mentions there for pitchers, I should say. A lot of great pitching performances from this weekend. So kicking things off here, we have Northwestern College starting pitcher Drew Dykstra, who went seven innings pitched, allowing seven hits, three runs, but striking out 16 versus Grandview. Our next performer is, is our guy from Freed Hardman, Houston High. A seven-inning performance, one hit with no runs and six strikeouts in the victory against St. Francis. The power of the Anakin Skywalker cleats for Houston High just go crazy. Go crazy. Those cleats carry a special power. Big shout out to Houston High. Next up, from Union starting pitcher Hunter Rossi goes nine innings pitched, only allowing one hit, surrendering no runs, and striking out eight versus Johnson. And looking towards the show me showdown, we have Olivet Nazarene center fielder Donovan Yell with an incredible week against some tough competition. Uh, 10 for 15, two doubles, a homer, three RBIs, and three stolen bases at the show me showdown. Going down to Ottawa, Kansas, infielder Johnny Volcano goes 9 for 17, hitting six home runs and collecting 13 RBIs versus Kansas Wesleyan on a Monday game and then on a weekend series against Southwestern Kansas. Our next shout-out is going into Texas A&M, Texarkana starting pitcher Dylan Cabral. A seven-inning performance, one hit, no runs, 10 strikeouts against University of Southwest as the Eagles pick up a conference series win. Big shout out here to Ohio Christian starting pitcher John Santo Padre. Seven innings pitched, two hits, eight strikeouts versus Bluefield University. Going back to the KCAC, we have Kansas Wesleyan starting pitcher Nathan Riggi. A seven-inning performance, two hits, no runs, and 12 strikeouts in the win against Evangel. Crowley's Ridge center fielder Trey Drake went nine for 16 with a traditional cycle in game two versus Randall. Big shout out to Trey Drake there. And a name we had mentioned earlier on in the show, LSU Alexandria starting pitcher Sloan Greaves. Eight-inning performance, three hits, no runs, five strikeouts, and the run rule victory against LSU, number five, LSU Shreveport. Georgia Gwinnett pitcher Jeremiah Locklear went three and two-thirds innings with 11 strikeouts and only surrendering one hit against St. Xavier. And it is to note that every out that Jeremiah recorded was via the strikeout. Big shout-out to Jeremiah there. Next up, we have Clark starting pitcher Dante Maeda. Seven innings pitched, two hits, no runs, 12 strikeouts against Jamestown. We mentioned it before, folks, but Middle Georgia State, Jacob Pierce, five for 11, four home runs, including that grand slam and those three home runs coming in game two alone and recording 11 RBIs. He did record 10 of those RBIs in game two versus number four, William Carey. Big shout out to Jacob Pierce there. And our final shout out I mentioned of the week, we have um, one of the crazier stat lines you're going to see all year, really. Uh, Grandview outfielder Connor Canny, 8 for 17 on the week, five home runs, three in game run. That included two of them being grand slams and 18 RBIs in the series against Northwestern. Just an unreal performance from Connor Canny there. Huge shout out to Connor Canny. And Taylor, 
that does bring us to the NAI ball hitter, pitcher, and team of the week, which is brought to you by Play in Sports. We would like to remind you that all of our Player of the Week awards for the 2024 season are brought to you by our friends over at Play in Sports. They offer fantastic, seamless event management software that programs around the nation trust. Check them out today for your camp or team needs at www.playnsports.com or you can hit them up on X at Play in Sports USA today. Taylor, without further ado, the NAI ball hitter of the week goes to Concordia, Nebraska third baseman, Jaden Quinn. Jaden went 13 for 18, hitting four doubles, seven home runs, and collecting 15 RBIs against that two-game series against number 16, Kansas Wesleyan, and the weekend series against Culver Stockton. Yeah, that is, once again, that's just an absurd stat line uh, there. Quinn vaulted himself into number one in the country in average and, and right up there in the national lead with with bombs hitting seven in a week. A, a huge shout out to Concordia, Nebraska and Jaden Quinn there. Quite literally the only stat line that would have beaten out Connor Canny for hitter of the week yeah. is that Jaden Quinn stat line. Big shout out to Jaden Quinn, just phenomenal numbers. And like you said, skyrocketing him up that individual average leaderboard. And getting into our AI pitcher, uh, NAI ball pitcher of the week, we have Cohen Aachen out of Lindsey Wilson College. Um, across two appearances during the week, eight innings pitched, four hits, no runs, and 18 strikeouts. A relief of performance in the, the midweek game against Brian uh, with two Ks over an inning, and then against Goshen College, a seven-inning start with 16 Ks and the four hits given up. Huge shout-out goes to Cohen. Absolutely. Not just one dominating performance, but two. You couldn't really pick against him this week. Just a phenomenal pitching performance from Cohen there. Moving on, NAI ball team of the week goes to the Bulldogs of Concordia, Nebraska. Taylor, who went 6-0 and on the week with a sweep over number 16, Kansas Westland and Culver Stockton. The Bulldogs outscored their opponents 86-20 to and hit a whopping 23 home runs. Yeah, that... That is absurd right there. Like you had said, Jaden Quinn's stat line was going to be the only one to beat Connor Kenny. And um, the team did it uh, overall. I mean, with Quinn, Joey Gabranski, uh, 86 runs in six games and 23 bombs. I mean, that's that's crazy. Yeah, just a phenomenal performance over across the entire week for the Bulldogs. And they are getting hot at the right time. And they have quite the matchup coming up this week, which we will get into later in the episode. But the Bulldogs, definitely a team you're not going to want to sleep on folks they are getting hot at the right time beating really good competition and doing a lot of it with the long ball speaking of big games to watch this weekend taylor we have quite a few really interesting matchups this weekend kicking it off little sun conference matchup here this one's going to be going down in babson park florida as number 15 ave maria with a record of five and three goes up against number 12 weber international with a 13 and three record on the year. Yeah, that one's going to be huge there in the Sun Conference uh, to start things off. A top 15 matchup, two, two squads that are playing really good baseball. We saw Ave Maria uh, coming in at the East West, and then Weber, of course, being a team to be uh, down there in Florida. This one's going to be really, really fun there in the Sun. Real good Sun Conference matchup there. Another interesting matchup we have here number 25, Freed Hardeman with a record of 14 and one on the year so far is going up against the receiving votes, Oklahoma city team 
was 11 and seven on the year. This one will take place in Oklahoma city. Yeah. Jim Wade stadium at Denny Craboff field there out on the campus of OCU. This one's going to be really fun. Uh, two really, really good pitching staffs and two really, really good offenses. Freed Hardman's the hottest team in the country right now coming into to Oklahoma city. This one's going to be fun. I will be there for uh, games one and two, the doubleheader there on Friday, March 1st. Uh, really looking forward to it. Should be some fun baseball. You know, I was just going to ask you, Taylor, being a local resident of Oklahoma there, I was going to ask if that was going to be one you were going to make the trip down for, as I do think that is going to be quite the matchup. Yeah, would not would not miss that one. I mean, two teams that are perennial powers here in the NAI, a rematch at the, of the 2022 opening round that was hosted by Oklahoma City. Uh, so really, really should be an incredible performance from both sides. Well, there you have it for the Freed Hardeman Lions, not only players, fans, and the Oklahoma City players and fans. Be on the lookout for Mr. Taylor Thomas rolling up to those games. Say hi to him. Take a picture with him. He loves that. Taylor, moving on, we're heading up to the host site for the NAI World Series in Lewiston, Idaho, as a receiving votes British Columbia team who is 11-4 goes up against the number three ranked LC State Warriors with a 5-3 and three record. Yeah, UBC's coming into the U.S. and looking to, to score a big upset there uh, in Lewiston. This is a, a team that's really come on the scene over the past few years um, with victories over this Lewis and Clark squad. Uh, let's see if they can do it again as they come in red hot at 11-4. and four. Going down to Mississippi, Blue Mountain, Mississippi, that is, as we have the receiving votes. Loyola Wolfpack at 11-2 and two on the year, going up against Blue Mountain Christian, 11-3 and three on the year. Yeah, two great offenses, two great pitching staffs. Loyola, like we had said, uh, undefeated going into point, losing that series. Let's see if they can rebound against a really good offense led by by Pico Townsend, of course, our player of the week from a few weeks back. Uh, this one's going to be really, really fun. I am very excited for this matchup, I must say. Staying in Mississippi, but this time we're heading over to Hattiesburg, Mississippi, as Faulkner, who is 10-3, goes up against number four, William Carey, with a record of 9-6. and six. Yeah, it should be another great matchup there with the two Blue Bloods of the Southern States Conference. Uh, Faulkner been a World Series contender, I feel like, as long as I can remember, of course. And William Carey uh, going back last year, two really, really good teams. Faulkner, with, like we had said, top five in the country in average against a really good William Carey pitching staff. This one's going to be really interesting. Absolutely. And rounding out our weekend games and series to watch, it is going to be number 17, Vanguard with a record of 13 and five heading down to Glendale, Arizona to take on a receiving votes, Arizona Christian squad who is 500 on the year with a record of eight and eight. Yeah. Huge, huge series out West uh, for both teams. Vanguard looking to make a statement and solidify that record. Arizona Christian looking to bounce back. Um, after playing Ottawa is Arizona. This one's going to be big. And Taylor, that has to bring us to none other than the NAI ball, a big series of the week, which we would like to remind all of you, that the big series of the week is now sponsored by the Show Me Collegiate League based out of Southwest Missouri. We are extremely proud to have them join us for this season, and we really encourage you to check them out on X at Show Me League. That's at S-H-O Me League on X today. So, Taylor, we have mentioned this team quite a bit so far in this episode, and with the matchup they have upcoming this weekend, it was a no-brainer to give them big series of the week. Without further ado, the NAI Ball Big Series of the Week presented by the Show Me Collegiate League is the receiving votes Bulldogs of Concordia, Nebraska going up against Kaiser. Receiving votes Bulldogs with an 8-3 and record going up against Kaiser with a 13-2 and record. This one's going to be going down in West Palm Beach, Florida. Yeah, a huge matchup for both squads here. 
uh, Concordia of Nebraska, bringing arguably the best offense in the nation, uh, going down to West Palm against a really, really good Kaiser team that we have seen over recent years here in the Sun Conference. Uh, only going to be the second meeting between these two programs as last year they uh, Kaiser took that three-game set from them two games to three. Uh, it was a tightly contested matchup, and I kind of expect some of the same here. Uh, like we had mentioned earlier, Concordia, Nebraska is our team of the week, um, lasting 23 home runs in six games. Uh, Jaden Quinn was our player of the week. I mean, this this one's going to be a huge, huge matchup for both squads. Uh, really good offense going up against a really good pitching staff there in Kaiser. Yeah, and like you had said, and like we had talked about pretty much for the entirety of this episode, is that Concordia is coming off a huge week. But then on the other hand, we're looking at Kaiser. They're coming off a victory against the receiving vote St. Thomas squad that we got to see firsthand, and they are legit. But looking at that, Taylor, I do think that this matchup against the Bulldogs at Concordia will be Kaiser's biggest test so far, with the exception of St. Thomas. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like we had said, St. Thomas is uh, – that was an electric game. There was Shreveport. St. Thomas looked a part of a, a top 25 team, and – a huge series victory uh, for Kaiser there. Uh, Palmer Hutchinson has been a name to watch, a 360 average uh, with 22 RBIs on the season, as well as on the mound too. I mean, Danny Galvin kind of kind of leads that pitching staff there. Uh, 26 innings pitch, uh, 3.81 ERA, 33 strikeouts there, and only five starts. Uh, this this one's going to be really fun. Like I said, two great pitching, two good pitching staffs, and I mean, two good offenses going up. Uh, one of the best offenses in the country. Let's see if Galvin and and that Seahawks staff can can silence those bats and, and lead Kaiser to a, a second straight year of taking the series. You know, we have to go through if we're going to preview this series correctly. We have to talk about not only the pitching on both sides, but the hitters as well. People to players to really watch out for this series that could have a huge impact on which way this series will sway. So starting off with pitchers from Concordia that have to be notables for this series. I'll start with Christian Gutierrez, who has 11 and one-thirds inning pitch this year. He started two games. He's only allowed nine hits, only allowed three earned runs, and he struck out 12, recording a 2-3-8 ERA. On the other hand, for that Concordia team, we have Blake Benson with 15 and two-thirds innings pitch. He started three games. He has surrendered 19 hits and allowed 10 earned runs, but he has struck out 23. His ERA is a little bit more inflated over Gutierrez, but those strikeout numbers really stand out to me. Yeah, absolutely. Like we had said, we know about the offense uh, coming in with with Quinn and, and Gabranski, who's who's closing on the NAI all-time home runs record, too. Um, but but the pitching staff, too, Gutierrez has looked really, really sharp uh, to start the year for the Bulldogs. It's going to be a big, big test as they go down to Florida and and go into on onto Kaiser's home turf. And the Bulldogs can take this series, I mean, look out, especially with that offense. I mean, they if they can swing it, they can beat anybody. Absolutely. And then looking at Kaiser's bullpen, this guy is their statistically on paper, their best arm out of the bullpen, Mike Asernio. 12.2 innings pitched in across six appearances, giving up nine hits, only surrendering two earned runs and striking out 17 with that one four two ERA. Yeah, that's a weapon out of the bullpen there. And uh, if you have someone like that on your squad, as we've seen across the country, I mean, just a lockdown closer, if you will, um, that's that's huge. And if you get into a tight ball game there, you can go to him and uh, kind of give him the ball and go let him slam the door. I mean, that's, that's huge for a top 25 team. And, and Kaiser looking to to assert themselves yet again uh, here in the top 25 with this big-time matchup. Yeah, do not be surprised if you see Mike Asernio get handed the ball 
late in a game with a Kaiser lead. I do see that, you know, he could be, he could be making three appearances this weekend here. We'll see, you know, but definitely a, a guy to watch out for out of that Kaiser pen. Looking at hitters, you know, we had, we've already touched on quite a bit, actually, uh, quite a bit of the Concordia hitters, but like Jaden Quinn have to go, goes without mentioning 583 average, 21 RBIs, seven doubles, eight home runs. He's only struck out five times in 36 ABs on the year. Can't talk about this Concordia lineup without mentioning Jaden Quinn, but another name you have to mention in this lineup, Matthew Rhodes, 487 average, 23 RBIs, four doubles, seven home runs, and he does lead that team in RBIs. Yeah, one through nine there with the Bulldog lineup with with Quinn and and Rhodes leading that squad. Uh, I mean, what what else needs to be said? Really, those numbers are uh, just speak for themselves. Uh, Joey Gabranski too. To, I mean, twenty seven bombs last year uh, coming in yet again, and I mean, right behind these guys. I mean, you're, it's it's really going to be hard to pitch to over this three game series one through nine. This this team can beat you any spot in the lineup. Absolutely, and looking at the Kaiser lineup here. You have to mention Palmer Hutchison, 360 average, 22 RBIs, three doubles, and six bombs on the year. And then we've mentioned him on previous episodes, Ed Barry Guzman, 389 average, 24 RBIs, five doubles with one home run. He does lead that Kaiser squad in RBIs. And much like Jaden Quinn, strikeout numbers are down. Ed Barry only has eight strikeouts and 54 ABs. Yeah, and that's super impressive. Like we had said, we, we saw that St. Thomas pitching staff up close. And uh, I mean, to only have eight strikeouts and that many ABs so far. I mean, Bryson Lofton's up there, I believe, um, with uh, single-digit strikeouts over that many at-bats. So, I mean, that's that's super, super impressive, especially in the, a conference like the Sun Conference. I mean, Guzman and, and Hutchinson there, um, if they can have a big weekend, I mean, look for the Seahawks to continue their their red-hot start to 2024. Absolutely. that's This is going to be a powerhouse matchup, and that is the NAI ball big series of the week. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is typically that part of the show where we do start to wrap up the end of the episode, but we are not done yet. We are bringing back this segment, Quick Picks. And for Quick Picks, we would love to bring in the NAI Ball Vice President, Mr. Connor Darnell. Connor, thank you for joining us and helping make these picks. Man, I'm excited. I've, I remember when we used to do the series back in the day, so I'm excited. And let's get after it. Let's see who we're picking. Absolutely a segment we had to bring back an iconic NAI ball segment. And also, although he is not joining us on the podcast live, we do have the picks from the NAI ball president, Robbie Gutierrez. So the weekend games and series to watch, as well as the big series of the week, are eligible for our quick picks. Those are the games we will be quick picking, so to speak. We will be doing this throughout the entirety of the year, so we do have to keep track and hopefully come up with some sort of award or something for the winner, you know, and we have to come up with some sort of punishment or something for the loser here. You know, I think my favorite one, my go-to has to be that Waffle House punishment, 24 hours of that Waffle House that you see across Twitter X rather for fantasy football punishments. We have to implement something like that or, you know, I know our boy Connor has it in with some trophy makers. Maybe we just, we get a trophy for this thing and we give it a good name. Maybe we could do something special there. Exactly. To be determined, though. To be determined. To be determined. One, once we have that, we will go ahead and announce that on the podcast. But I'm sure we are a while away from determining that. But until then, we will be keeping track. So let's get right into it here. We're going to kick things off here down in Babson Park, Florida, as number 15, Ave Maria, goes up against number 12, Weber International. We will start 
every quick pick with Robbie's pick sent he since he is not able to join us. Robbie's pick for this one is Weber. Taylor, what do you think? I'm gonna roll with Weber too and the and the boys in Babson Park. I like Weber over Ave Maria here. Connor, what do you have for Ave Maria and Weber? You know, I think there's something special and it's super competitive down there in the Sun Conference, but I think there's something special about that Weber team. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and take Weber on this one. Wow, I'm gonna be the odd man out here. I do think there might be a little bit of bias here. Maybe not, but I'm gonna take Ave Maria. You know, big shout out to my guy down there, Pete Horner, pitching coach down there at Ave Maria. Big shout out to him. I'm gonna have to roll with the Gyrenes here. We'll see. I'm the uh, so so far I'm the odd man out. So far, let's see if that continues down the line here. Moving on to our next matchup, we have number 25 Freed Hardman going up against Oklahoma City in Oklahoma City. Boys, Robbie's pick was for Oklahoma City. Taylor, who do you have in this matchup? Robbie's going to go Oklahoma City, and man, this is tough. You got a Blue Blood program against another Blue Blood program uh, going up in the newly named uh, Denny Crayball Field at Jim Wade Stadium. But I like the Lions, man. I like Houston High and the Anakin Skywalker completes. Uh, Jordan Carter, the freshman uh, out there in center field. Give me the Lions. Connor, who are we taking here? Yeah, it's a tough one. Me and uh, Taylor just got out of uh, watching Oklahoma City today. We've seen Freed Hardeman earlier in the year at the Cajun. But I think I'm going to have to ride with the Lions. They've got that 14-1 and record, and I think there's something special brewing there with uh, the Lions of Freed Hardeman. So give me, give me the Lions. I will follow suit with Connor here and give me the Lions in this one. Coming in at 14-1. and they are a force to be reckoned with, and I do see that continuing down in Oklahoma City. Give me those lines of Freed Hardeman. Heading up to the NAI World Series host site in Lewiston, Idaho, we have British Columbia going up against LC State. Boys, Robbie's pick here. No surprise, I think this might be the pick for all of us. You know, Prove me wrong, though. Robbie has LC State winning this one. Taylor, who do you have in this matchup? Well, while the birds are, are coming, coming across the border hot uh, from – from British Columbia there in Canada. I'm going to go with the Warriors home field. I think the Warriors get this done and, and LC State continues to, to dominate here early on. Connor, thoughts? You know, uh, getting to go out to Lewiston last year for the opening round uh, to cover that, you know, is, is something special. People said that the Warriors didn't have their best team, but, you know, playing on that field is, is something special and um, there's some true Warrior magic out there. Um I'm going to have to ride with the Warriors on this one. Something about playing in the in that field, in that stadium, is, is something special, and I don't see the Warriors dropping any games this weekend, and um, I'm, I'm taking the Warriors. You know, I'm also going to be taking the Warriors of LC State, although British Columbia has had a really hot start to the year, but I do think there is something to be said about playing LC State at home in Lewiston. It's a different atmosphere, different environment to play in. Even the Warriors moving on here as we have the Wolfpack of Loyola going up against Blue Mountain Christian. Robbie's pick for this matchup, he's taking Loyola. Taylor, what do we got here? Go Pack, go. I'm going to take the Wolfpack. I'm going to go Loyola. I think they rebound from a tough series against Point, um, and against a really good Blue Mountain Christian team in their home park. I, I like Loyola in this one. Go Pack, go. Connor. You know, this is uh, an interesting one here. There's been some standouts from Blue Mountain College, and obviously we're we're pretty familiar with Loyola. Uh, still has been kind of on his game this year, as he always is. And oh, this is a tough one. I was debating on it. But, you know, I got to ride with the Wolfpack. There's something special they got there, and Jeremy Kennedy's putting 
putting the boys to work. So give me the wolf pack. I think they're I think they're set to take this one. Absolutely. You know, this is definitely a great matchup on paper. Both teams with identical records. Loyola is looking real tough. Just just dropped their first two games this past week in a point. And then you have that Blue Mountain Christian squad. The only three losses on the year, 11 wins. Loyola has looked really, really good this year. So, I mean, I guess I'm going to go and say, you know, with that being said, give me Blue Mountain Christian. I'm taking Blue Mountain Christian in this one. Give me Blue Mountain Christian over Go Pat Go. I'm going to be the odd man out. Give me Blue Mountain Christian here. Hey, you never know. That could work out. You can get up one one score to us. So We all can't be picking the same, boys. If we want a winner here, someone's going to have to take that chance. And I am him. I will take that chance. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Um, Moving on to the next matchup here. Um, We have Faulkner going up against number four, William Carey. Robbie's pick for this one, boys, was William Carey. Taylor, who do you got in this one? Well, me and Robbie seem to like every single rival team in the pro sports realm and the college realm, but I'm going to stick with him here. I'm going to go the Crusaders, RJ Stinson, the Lysette boys. I think they get it done. Um, I think they take this series over Faulkner. I mean, this is a, a blue blood matchup there in the Southern States with two World Series contenders. Uh, but give me William Carey. William Carey, good. Uh, Connor, what do you got for this one? You know – I played against William Carey in 2020 before everything got canceled, and that is a tough place to play in. But I don't know. Faulkner's been kind of off to a hot start. They look like they're kind of getting back to their old ways. But it's something about that William Carey team, man. So I think I think I'm going to have to run with William Carey. It's something about playing in that place is pretty awesome, and I think they got something special going there. And it's a beautiful place if you haven't been there, but. I'm going to have to take William Carey in this series. Okay. Well, I think I'm going to go the opposite route here again. I am going to take Faulkner here. William Carey, to me, they've struggled early, and I don't think they've really hit their stride yet. Like, generally, William Carey, they should have been able to handle that Middle Georgia team, but, you know, that could just be an attestment to how good that Middle Georgia State team is. But for this matchup, I am going to go with Faulkner. Give me Faulkner to win over William Carey. And rounding out the weekend games and series to watch, before we get into our big series of the week picks, we have number 17, Vanguard, going up against Arizona Christian. Boys, Robbie took Vanguard in this matchup. Taylor, what are you thinking here? I'm going to go Vanguard as well. I think uh, this Vanguard offense is is going to be too much to handle for Arizona Christian, uh, despite going on the road there and to Glendale. Uh, but give me the Lions. I think Vanguard continues their, their hot start here and uh, wins this series out west. Connor. You know, this is a tough one, man. Like Arizona Christian really went out and tested himself early in the East West. Vanguard's got the pretty record and sitting 17 in the poll. But I don't know. This is a toss up for me. It's, it's kind of tough. I wrote Vanguard down on my sheet. I'm kind of thinking Arizona Christian, but when it comes down to it, you know, I'm going to switch it up. Give me Arizona Christian. I think with the eight and eight record, they've got something to prove. They tested themselves early. I think they're going to sneak one around this the series, and I think they're going to pull it out. Give me Arizona Christian. I like that a lot. You know, I was thinking much of the same there because, you know, that record doesn't look too attractive, that 8-8 eight and eight record. But look at the level of competition they've played so far. Is they've had to run through quite a gauntlet so far to start the year, and they've held their own. So I think with this one, you know, Vanguard coming in at number 17, really good record, really good-looking record, but – 
you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Connor here. Give me Arizona Christian over Vanguard. I think they are a gritty, gritty, gritty team ready to grind out games. Give me Arizona Christian here. Last but not least, big series of the week picks. I think none of us are surprised by Robbie's pick here. He went ahead and took Kaiser Taylor, who is your pick for big series of the week? Yeah, this one's tough. I mean, typically when you have uh, teams from the Midwest go down to Florida, I mean, it's just something about playing down in that state and the level of baseball that they they have at every level. Uh, Kaiser's coming in red hot at 13-2. and two. We've mentioned those arms and that offense. But I like the Bulldogs, man. I like Gabranski. I really love Jaden Quinn. I mean, I think this offense is going to go down there and continue their red hot uh, – week that they're coming off of i think they're gonna continue their play i think gabranski's gonna have a big weekend and kind of kind of show out as he's been somewhat quiet to his standards to start the year um i like concordia nebraska in this one so give me the dogs okay rolling with the dogs rolling with the dogs the dogs <laughs> connor who's your pick for big series of the week you know concordia is coming off that that awesome weekend that that really competitive weekend um, just an absolute awesome showing against the two teams and picking up those those ranked wins. But then you look at Kaiser, that 13-2 and two record, it's like, you know, they, they've had a really good start to the year. They're kind of getting back to what Kaiser's really been about. Um, they've got some really big-time players, as Concordia does, but I don't know, man. It's that's This is a tough one, even though the records are a little bit separated, but Give me the Bulldogs. Give me the Bulldogs of Concordia. I think there's something special, as I've been saying, but they're hot right now. They've got the bats going. They're shutting some people down. I think it's going to be a very interesting series. Give me the Bulldogs. I think they're going to do something special down in Florida this weekend. That is two picks for them dogs. I think I'm going to have to make it a third pick for them dogs. I'm going to roll with Concordia here. I think, you know, realistically, you look at Concordia's lineup and their averages, their extra base hit numbers, but then and then you look at Kaiser's pitching statistics, and I think the high-powered offense of Concordia will be able to handle that Kaiser pitching staff, and I do think Concordia pitching will be able to handle the Kaiser lineup more so, vice versa. Concordia is going to take this one. I'm, I'm rolling with them dogs. Give me them dogs. It's going to wrap up our quick picks, our first quick picks of the year. This is something we are going to start doing every week. We had to absolutely bring this segment back. Huge thanks to Connor Darnell for joining us live on the air here, being able to make his picks. Big thanks to Connor. Connor, thank you again for joining us. We really appreciate having you on anytime. Yeah, thanks, Norris. Thanks for having me. This is always fun to, you know, to hop on here. This is actually my podcast debut. I never got to get on the podcast back in the day, so... Happy to make my NAI Ball podcast debut, doing some quick picks, and look forward to doing some more of these. And like I said, thanks for having me. Podcast debut for the graphics man. We will be seeing more of him on the podcast, but we are going to need his help with quick picks every week, so he will at least be joining us for that segment. If he can't join us live, we will at the very least have his picks ready to read on the air, much like Robbie's picks for tonight. But that's going to do it for Season 7, Episode 5 of the NAI Ball Podcast. Be sure, do not forget to follow us on X at NAI Ball for all of your NAI scores, news, and updates. You can follow myself on X at TNOR46. 
and you can find Taylor on X at underscore Taylor Thomas 14. Thank you all for tuning in. We will be back next week, recapping the big series of the week games and series that we told you to watch out for. And we will also have an updated, we will, we will have our week one leader for quick picks and we will be sure to give out those standings to you. So until next time, everybody have a great day and a better tomorrow.